the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Good morning. Good afternoon. Four minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem, and sitting next to me is Alan, my son. And the two of us have north of uh, 60 years of car repair business and um, a little different. Alan's into the diesel trucks, the lifting, the lowering, the tires, the wheels, the exhaust, the performance, and I'm kind of more into the maintenance kind of side of, you know, oil changes, tire rotations, and uh, and, and resealing uh, transmission, stuff like that. That would be fair? Yes. Okay, well, let me turn on your microphone so you can talk. Sorry, I got uh, a buddy text me a clean 7.3. Oh, a clean, another nice. one. Yeah, I'm not going to give anyone a head start on my secrets on where we find them. So, Is it an excursion? No, it's a, um, a truck? pickup. Yeah, pickup. Okay. And folks, what we're talking about is Alan's talking about a 7.3. That's the uh, that's one of the very first motors that Ford came out with on the diesel side. Mm-hmm. And it's a monster engine. It's it's now the most, I mean, I guess. The, basic. It's, it's a basic engine, but it's also the most, everybody wants one. It's a monster motor. It, well, I don't know about monster. It, it's just reliable. It's like just a tractor motor. It's just, as we like to call it, it's just seeds and stems. Very simple. Okay. Just. <laughs> but it, it's a V8. Yeah. It's, so it, it's, it's, it's old. It's, it's, very, it's very primitive. Uh, it's cheap to fix. It's reliable. It's, and what's uh, the year range in the Ford diesels that this, this uh, uh, 7.3? On the turbos. Oh, gosh. You got me there. I think it's 98 and a half. Maybe. Ninety-four and a half, late nineties to uh, 03. 03. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so five six years spread. Then they went into the six liter, mm-hmm. and yep. and the seven three is about one thousand times better than the six liter. Yeah, uh, for it doesn't make the power that a six liter does, but it doesn't. But it's nice to be able to drive it and not have it in the shops. So. <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, the seven three is the old Chevrolet two eighty three three twenty seven three fifty, and this six liter is the three forty eight, the three oh seven stuff like that. It's just a motor that it didn't really make Ford proud, and it took us a long time to figure that out. Mm-hmm. We thought it was us. We thought we didn't know anything about diesels, but that six liter just drove us crazy. And the guys that have six liters then and now know. Exactly Exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Now on the Dodge side, the five nine Cummins was a good motor. Great then motor. They, then they went to a six seven, which is what I have and what you have in uh-huh. our trucks. Uh-huh. And both of those engines have been really good engines really with good. no big pattern failures. No. And then you got the the, the GM diesel, which is the six six liter. It's always been the same. It's it's been been as good as it was day one to what it is now. 
yeah, they're just they're they're uh, just keep adding more emissions crap to all of them. So they're boosting up the power to in exchange for more emissions stuff. But yes, they, it's they're uh, they're good to keep the exhaust clean. That's yeah, what yeah, it's yeah, really yeah, all yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, for emissions stuff. Yeah. Okay. Okay, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. The lines are wide open, so you have a one-in-five chance of being able to get on and talk about your car problem. I found this from 1968. Mm-hmm, yeah. and I Is there a date? Did you find a date? No, but I know when this oh, okay, was. okay. This was a test to see if you could get the advanced automotive class at Tempe High School in 1972. Okay, so you were... Uh, this, that... this was in 1968. Okay, so you're so, 14. Yeah. Okay. All right. So it's an auto. I, my mother passed away a long time ago, and um, I'm going through a big box of stuff that she gave me, and I find this uh, test, and it has a, a, a potential of 102 points. I missed, um, uh, I think, six questions, and so I got a 92, and that's an A. Okay. Now, Mr. Elkins was the auto mechanics teacher. Mm-hmm. Later on, you took basic auto mechanics in freshman and sophomore and junior year, but then he took the cream of the crop for the advanced senior year class for the advanced stuff. Then the best technician there won a big set of tools. I still think it's really interesting that you and I had the, the same auto shop teacher. Uh, Mr. Painter. Yeah. I still call him Mr. Painter. I know. I know. I think that is that is one of the coolest things, that we had the same auto shop teacher. Well, and, and, and let me tell you how, how that goes. In, in 1968, when I entered Tempe High School, um, Mr. Elkins had Paul Painter as his student teacher. Oh, Paul is that was what it was? in college. Okay. And Paul was... Paul was um, and I still call him Mr. Painter, and he, he's still a wonderful person mm-hmm. uh, and always has been. Yeah. But he would he would kind of run interference for us young guys with Mr. Elkins, who was a little old, a little crusty, and knew what he was talking wasn't about. Wasn't Elkins, he, he, was a, he was a customer of ours, wasn't he? Um, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Is yeah. he gone now? Has he passed away? Um, yes, he's passed away. Okay. His family's but, still here. Yeah, but yeah. He, they, he was, or we still have customers of, of yeah. We have the uh, Elkins and family. I, and I know we have his, his uh, shop sign in the uh, front lobby, too. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, this is the test I took, and so I'm gonna um, I'm gonna tell you. I, the first question is is there's two uh, two general types of heat engines, and um, you have two different types of heat engines. Do you know what they are? Uh, heat engines. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now keep in mind this is thirty, forty, fifty years ago. <laughs> okay, I'll, I I wrote down internal and external. And he wanted to he, he wanted the word to say internal combustion and external. What is an external combustion? I don't know. This was oh. a fifty years ago. I don't remember what it was in his mind, but it, well, that's it, what popped into my head. But I've never heard that before. Yeah. But okay, I wrote internal, and he gave me a check mark, and he wrote combustion. So he wanted that. All right. So here he goes. the the levels the the levels of event on a four stroke engine. So wh- when they say four stroke, what does four strokes mean? Go ahead. That means. Well, a, a revolution of the motor is four strokes of the piston. Okay. So the first one is the intake, where it sucks the air and the and the fuel in. Okay. The second one is compression, where it compresses those into a, you know, r- real high pressure. Uh, spark plug fires. It forces that piston down, which is the power stroke. Okay. 
And then the piston comes back up to push all the exhaust out, which is the exhaust stroke. Okay, and and that's perfect. Yeah. Um, the piston starts up high, and, and it sucks fuel and air in, and then it goes up and compresses everything. And when it gets up to the top and it's taken a beer can and compressed it down to about 10 pieces of paper, yep. then we fire the spark plug. That causes a tremendous explosion. That drives the piston down. And now we have to go back up and shove all that crap out and start over again. Mm-hmm. So that's the four-stroke. And when I, they talk about, like, timing and stuff, that's when the, when the spark plug... Uh, fires in relation to the stroke of the piston and early all that and stuff. late and all that stuff. I got all four of those right. The width or diameter of an engine cylinder is called the... Uh, um, hold on. Cubic inches? The width or diameter of an engine cylinder Oh, cil- uh, is called the... My mind just went blank. Uh, bore. Bore, okay. okay how, big, okay. how big the hole is, okay. okay? I got that one right. On the back of this page, figure the total displacement yeah, following the engine. Yeah, I have no idea. I missed that one, too. I want to tell you something. This is what's funny, okay? I missed it. Yeah. Right. And and I remember arguing with him about this because it says, the engine is a six-cylinder engine, bore and stroke are four inches by 350. The formula is this, D2 times pi times five to the second power. Yeah, cubic, yeah. And and that's fine. The problem is, is that I don't know. I, I'm a freshman in high school. I don't know what that means. And so I said to him, um, I don't know what the answer is, but I need you to tell me how to do the formula because I can get one cylinder times all of them. Yeah, times, times six or eight, six or eight. Or So the letters top TDC. Top dead center. Okay, that's when the piston is up at this highest point. Mm-hmm. Will the engine, uh, with an engine with high compression, develop more or less horsepower than the same engine with the other compression? So high compression more versus horsepower. More. Okay, you're right. Um, one horsepower is defined as an output of what foot pounds per minute? Uh, not, not a clue. <laughs> okay, I wrote thirty thousand, and it's thirty-three. So I, I missed that one. And, and then he goes, what's a dyn- dynamometer used for? Measuring horsepower. And um, and, and, and uh, I wrote uh, measuring compression, and he didn't like that either. Yeah, that was wrong. Yeah. 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 And, and what's, what commonly used four-stroke engines are called, uh, what's used in a four-stroke engine, and what are they called, and the end thing is valves. So what valves? Oh, Intake and exhaust? Is that what bingo, you mean? Okay. Bingo. Okay. And, and, and such valves got this name because, and I wrote down, they inhale uh, air and they exhale exhaust. And he put a smiley kind of a face there. Yeah. A hydraulic lifter is operated by what under pressure? Uh, oil. Okay. A, uh, and so, anyway, to, to go on, it's just all kinds of fun stuff mm-hmm. that, that goes back. And my mother kept this because she said this was the beginning of you being the car guy. <laughs> yep. The purpose of the valve is to empty the cylinder. Uh, well, fill or empty. Uh, you're right. It, to fill it with it, air it, and fuel and empty it of exhaust. And so he really should have said what valve. Yeah. The purpose of the exhaust valve is, or oh, the purpose yeah. of the intake yeah. valve, but he didn't. Um, and the rings are used to make a seal between the piston and the cylinders. Mm-hmm. I got that one right. Then he talks about the four strokes. Now, in the old days, I thought that they were um, they were suck, squeeze, 
explosion and exhaust. Mm -hmm. And there was four names. I don't remember what it was, but there was four names that talked about, you know, a four-stroke engine. And I got all those right, and I I was pretty proud of that because that was... uh, Anyway, this test is the one that allowed me to get into the advanced class in 1972 at at Tempe High School. Yeah. And... uh, and so then he has an exploded motor, and he wants to know what you have to write down, uh, point to the spark plug, the uh, cylinder head, the valves, the camshaft, the gaskets, the pistons, the rods, the bearings, the flywheel, and all that stuff. Yeah. So anyway, just kind of a uh, a test from we a long time ago. Much, we had so much fun with Mr. Painter in Auto Shop. Oh, my gosh. I'll tell you what. Mr. Mr. Painter was, um, first of all, Mr. Painter was could have been, what, five foot? Three, oh. five foot four. Yeah, get the most. And and he's been he 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 taught me and he taught you. Yeah, that's yeah. And he said I was better student than you were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if he was talking about honoriness or knowledge, but now Mr. Painter is a guy that him and Ben Elkins are directly responsible for me for where I'm at today. Those two guys took me my junior year and my senior year in auto mechanics and I was going to quit school if if they didn't get me auto mechanics and so my mother went down and somehow talked the principal into getting me into auto mechanics my junior year and then senior year I got into the advanced class and then from there you know everything else kind of fell into place so this test just kind of started um Oh, let's break That's, first, and then we'll grab a caller on the other okay. side. Okay, and, and the lines are wide open, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. And outside the Phoenix metropolitan area, 888-960-9696. And we'll be back right after this. Dennis Prager looks at another power grab. The left will use the events of January 6th the way the Nazis used the Reichstag fire. As a, uh, as a deflection, and more important, as a way of justifying the grabbing of power. The Dennis Prager Show, weekdays at 11, on Intelligent Talk 960, The Patriot. Take The Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app, your Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7. Uncover retirement concepts you need to know. There are three steps to succeeding at the business of retirement. Insure your assets. Ensure your income. And assure your peace of mind. Tune in to Top Gun Retirement Hour with Alan Kiefer. Remember, it's up to you to retire to a brighter future. Saturdays at 8 a.m. and Sundays at 9 a.m. Right here on 960 The Patriot. This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources at aarp.org caregiving. 
a public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. Oh, excuse me. Welcome back, everybody. 20 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. We've got some callers, and we're going to get to those. But real quick, let me tell you about Automatic Transmission Exchange. He's down there on Washington and 40th Street. He's been around for 20, 30, 40 years, and he has morphed from the two-speed old automatic transmissions to the new electronic six-speed, seven-speed, eight-speed transmissions where the computer shifts based on speed and how many people are in the car and what the, the road surface is at. So if you need a transmission shop, they're happy to take you a drive with you if you can show them the problem that you want fixed. Just call them and make an appointment, and then they'll take a ride with you. They're very good at that. That's Automatic Transmission Exchange, ATE. First, we're going to do the lady who called in. And lady called in and said, if if I'm in my car with the windows up and someone tries to hijack me. If, <laughs> Carjack. We're not in the car, plane. Okay. Car, hijack. Okay. okay. <laughs> Calm down. Sorry. Calm sorry, down. Sorry. But hijack. Uh, hijack my car or hijack. Carjack. If I shoot him. Will the bullet bounce back in the car? If the window's up. If the window's if, up. If you shoot through the window. Yeah. And and if you, if the gun you have has gunpowder, yeah. there's no question it's going to go through the window and put the hurt on him. And, and, and if your life is in danger, um, I know that we have told our daughters that if you're in that situation, shoot twice. Because you might miss on the first one, then the second one is a good chance. So just shoot twice. And and if the guy's standing there and he's got a gun and he's going to hijack and you decide you want to shoot him first, I'm just telling you, don't pull the trigger and then let the smoke clear to find out that he's still standing there. Just to pull the trigger twice. All right, Harold, or no, Harry. Harry's first. Harry, how can we help you? Fine. How are you guys doing today? We're doing good. good We're thanks. good. Thank you. Hey, I got a, I got a question. Uh, it's an oil question. I never realized that... Uh, Oil has a shelf life. I don't know that it does. Hey, I'm give you a quick story here. Uh, used to have a diesel And I had some oil left over. Uh, quite a bit, in fact. I had like about uh, 10 gallons of Shell Rot- Rotella. And my son was down from uh, Idaho, and he has a kind of a unique vehicle. He has a 1991. Toyota van that's a diesel, three liter, uh, four liter non turbo diesel. Okay, okay. That's awesome fan, okay. So I told him, so I got this oil, you know, it should be okay to use your vehicle. So he takes and looks at the jugs, and there's a, n- a number on the jug and everything, and it's on the internet. And 
you know, of quarries and everything, and, you know, gave the date of manufacture. And uh, <laughs> it's pretty old. It was almost 20 years old, some of it. And he said, well, uh, you know, I said, well, what's, what's the deal? And he says, well, they, they gave the deal. It said that uh, oil, um, uh, regular oil, uh, not synthetic there. Five-year shelf life, and uh, and uh, uh, the synthetic has like five to seven years. Okay, all right, Harry, I I, I got to deal with this right now. Um, I don't believe that oil has a shelf life. I do believe that some of the thirty-weight oil that we poured in the fifties and sixties cars is not applicable to anything new. But I've right. never heard, nor do I believe, and I don't care who says it. I've been trained in oil expertise by both Vavilin and Chevron. I've never heard anybody say that oil had a shelf life. And I don't know okay. why it would have a shelf life because there's no moisture issues, there's no heat issues, there's no cold issues, there's nothing. And much of the oil that we have today could have been made two, three, four, five, six, seven years ago. So I just, I don't want people to, to have, we're having a conversation, but I don't want them to think that they can't have, you know, a quart of 30 weight in their garage for their lawnmowers because there is no shelf life to an oil. If it's an applicable weight for the applicable application, for the application you're going to use it for, then you can do it 20 years later and you'll be fine. And as far as synthetics are concerned, that's just craziness for synthetics. I think it's somebody creating their own rules so that they can sell more oil. That's what I think. So i got to run. Harry, thank you for bringing that up. But, no, I do not believe that oil has a, a, a shelf life. Harold, you're up next. How can I help you? Uh, hi, guys. Uh, I'd like to talk about all electric vehicles for a minute. Um, as you know, virtually every manufacturer is going to have an all-electric vehicle out in the market. In fact, I just saw an advertisement last night that Hyundai, has an all-electric called the Ionic coming on the market. We're familiar. I have two questions related to these all-electric vehicles. Okay. The first one is, do they all operate at a standard voltage? And question number two is, President Biden is spending a billion dollars to build charging stations all over the country. Are these charging stations and their cords and all, is that like a universal plug? that'll fit every vehicle, or do you have to have, like, adapters or something to use them? Thank you. Uh, it's it's too new. To, to It's difficult to answer your question. As far as the voltage is concerned, I'm not familiar with whether they have different voltages or not, but apparently it's from car to car. As far as charging the car is concerned, up in Payson, where I hang out a lot, right next to the subway, there's a bunch of charging stations, and I see a variety of electrical cars there. So there must be some adapter or something on the menu for the charging station for you to tell it. Now, I think it's more likely that when you plug your car in that the charging station then knows what car you have, what electrical car you have, what the voltage is, and what the percentage of battery power you have still, or that you can, that it can inflate. But that is not a problem right now with the three or four or five different brands of electric cars that are out there. Um, it's not a problem with charging stations. They apparently have adapters or have a way where they're going kind of universal with respect to the plug. So... I, I don't, I don't, um, I, but I'll tell you what, though, 
If I'm wrong, someone will call in at 602-508-0960, and they'll square it away, and I'll admit I didn't know what I was talking about, although I think I'm right, and we'll pass it on. But that's a good question. I yeah, don't I, don't, I don't know enough. I haven't been around them enough. They, we don't see enough of them in the shop to, to know the answer to that. But if I was making an electric car, I'd certainly make sure that it used a, state, a, a, a power station that the other cars used. So the uh, what's the General Motors uh, electric car or the Tesla or the, um, um, you know, there's just some of the other electric yeah. cars. They're going to share the same infrastructure. It doesn't make sense that you're going to have to hunt down something just for a Chevrolet or a Hyundai. Yeah. Anyway, good luck. And if I if anybody calls in, I'll make sure I say something and, and clean up the mess I may have made. Matt, you're up next. Hey, guys. How's it going? Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Uh I have a 2013 Sierra with a 5.3-liter V8 in it, and I've recently, in the last year, kind of been experiencing some lower oil pressure issues. So I'm on the second oil sending unit, and with a little of the Google research I've been able to do, um, it sounds like it may be the the sump tube or the O-ring around it, Yep. but I'm not having any knocking or negative sounds. I am getting a little bit of a weird... Not quite a vibration, but just a different noise when the active fuel management kicks in. And most of my driving is uh, I-10 outside of the valley. Both both could be the issue. Uh, we do a lot of the uh, oil, the oil pump pickup O-rings. Uh, basically, the O-rings go bad, and um, it starts sucking air. That will cause a, a lack of oil pressure. But you, if you have the active fuel management, you've already got a bigger problem on your hands anyways. Um, yeah, that's what I've started learning. Uh, yeah. And I'm at- Eighty-five thousand miles. Yeah, I've seen them as I've seen them as early as sixty. I've seen them in, as late as you know two hundred, two twenty-five. But um, what, it, it's going to be one of those two things. It's hard to say which one. And I, 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 here's here's what I I'm, I'm going to think. Guess out loud. How the oil level is clearly below the O-ring. Yeah. Okay, so why don't we just overfill the crankcase by two or three quarts of oil and go drive it, and let's cover that suck, that O-ring that's failed, and if we raise the oil level up and the problem goes away, and then we drop the oil level down and the problem comes back, then it has to be the O-ring. Yeah, certainly. And so you could do something like that if you wanted to test it yourself. Don't go crazy. I'd go one quart at a time, but I probably, how many quarts does does your 5.3 hold? Five? Six. Six? And I, yeah, and, I, and I, I did try that. Um, I think that I'm also getting the, the screen around the sending unit is something I'm suspect of because the last time, so the first sending unit last replacement lasted about nine to 12 months. Um, okay, and then I, need it, you, I need you to hold your, I'm up against a break. Hold your thought. Okay. Hold your thought. Cause we're going to be back in just a few minutes right after this. It's said that if you don't like the weather, just wait a few minutes and it'll change. Well, the weather isn't the only thing changing. Local business owners are saying it's getting harder to sustain their business than it was a few months ago. Let Salem Surround help you today. Our team of local in-market experts will utilize the latest research and marketing technology to deliver media plans that will exceed your expectations. Salem Surround is here to help you achieve success. Learn more about Salem Surround at surroundphoenix.com. That's surroundphoenix.com. You need a plan as you get closer to retirement, one that will take you from where you are now to the retirement you've always dreamed about. The first step is to tune in to Retire Financially Fit with Phyllis Saxpill-Venus of PSP & Associates Sunday mornings at 7. 
you only retire once, but Phyllis helps people retire every day. Don't miss Retire Financially Fit with Phyllis, Sunday mornings at 7. Investment advisory services are offered through PSP Financial Services, LLC, an Arizona registered investment advisor. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. As a young teenage boy, I didn't even know what autism was. How do you even spell that? A few years later, I heard that a friend's cousin's son had been diagnosed with autism. I still wasn't sure what that really meant. When I went to college, my roommate's brother had autism. When I moved to the city for work... My best friend called me and told me his son had been diagnosed with autism. We were both in shock. I still remember the day I walked into the house and saw that look on my wife's face. I knew something was wrong. I'll never forget how I felt when she said, Our son has autism. Autism is getting closer to home. Today, one in 88 children is diagnosed with autism. That's a 1,000% increase in the last 40 years. Learn more at AutismSpeaks.org signs. Early diagnosis can make a lifetime of difference. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. You're bringing your daughter to her favorite pop star's concert. Do you A, wear earplugs? Isn't this fun, Dad? I have a soft pretzel. B, remember the moment with matching concert t-shirts. That's going to be 180 bucks. Or we can just take a photo. C, show her how you used to do concerts. We're going crowd surfing. I can't. It's too heavy. Oh, my God. Ah. Or D, just roll with it. Woo, Justin, look at us. We're over here. Justin, Justin. OMG. He just looked. I love you, Justin. I love you. When it comes to parenting, there are no perfect answers. But that's okay, because you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org slash AZ. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. All about that demon, all the we're talking to uh, Matt, and Matt's got a, a Sierra, a 13 Sierra that's got a 5.3 V8, and he's got an oil leak issue or a, an oil pressure problem. Matt, we were a little concerned about this. You said there was a screen on the oil pressure switch or on the uh, oil pressure regulator. What is it? Uh, so the oil sending unit, the sensor at the top in the back of the motor has a small screen filter that goes with it when you replace it or when you and uh i'm just kind of curious as to with that many miles and there's been maybe times in the life of the truck i'm the only owner that i haven't maybe been the best on the timeline of oil changes 
about sludge maybe around in the engine or deposits. Okay, let, let me address that real quick for you. Um, you change your question, and we, we process a hell of a lot of cars a year, and this is something I don't ever remember seeing a work order that said that we we had an oil we had a, a plugged oil pressure switch or or a screen or anything. I've never seen that. Yeah, never. Okay. Now it is true the pickup assembly sits at the bottom of the pan, and every once in a while you'll get a bunch of mud in there, and that causes an oil starvation problem across the board. But okay. as far as the one at the oil pressure switch, I've never seen an oil pressure switch with a screen in it. Although I've never looked in the bottom end of it either. Yeah. But uh, but I, I don't I don't think that's it. You've got an oil pressure switch on. Why don't you just take the oil pressure switch off? Why don't you go rent one of those pressure gauges and screw it right into the back of the engine and start monitoring the oil pressure yourself? We need to find out if it's actually low oil pressure or if it's a, a false reading. That's the first thing. We need to find out if it's really low. Um, the okay. only way to do that would be a manual gauge. And then at that point, then we can figure out, okay, it is really low, so we know it's not the sender. At that point, we start looking at the, uh, the, uh, the um, under the intake, the active fuel management, yeah. uh, whatever, the VLOM or, or the, uh, or the uh, O-ring. And, and that's, that's the first thing, though. You've got to see, it. do we really have an oil pressure problem or not? And then go okay. from there. Is that all right? Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Thank you very much. I want to clean up something with Harold. Um, Harold talked about, oh, no, it was Harry that talked about shelf life. Okay, during the break, you, like every other youngster in the world, went on the Internet, and I told you I didn't want to hear nothing out of your mouth unless right. it came from Shell or Chevron or right. Mobile. Okay, let me just do a synopsis. The majority of them say that their oil has a shelf life of between three, four, and five years. Five to, five to yeah, five to ten-ish, yes. Five, five to ten-ish, okay. Yeah. And, and and let me just let me tell you why I think that that's that's a craziness for shelf life. First of all, if if you have a non-detergent oil that's a from the 70s, the can is going to tell you that it's from the 70s. That's probably not an oil that you want to put in your new car. But if we can just get past the shelf life thing, I don't understand why an oil is going to lose any of its ability, but its ability to do a 57 Chevy versus a Maserati are two different things. Oh, yeah. So, right. I, but that, that's using that we're going to use an oil that was never designed to run in a Maserati. That's a far way away from a shelf life issue. Right, and and I so I want to I want to draw the line between the shelf life and using an oil that was made for the cars in the fifties and the sixties and the seventies, but backwards compatible. When you go to Barrett Jackson, they got all these old cars there. They don't even have oil that that car was in, right. normally came with because right. those oils are all gone. I guess the real question is is if the exact oil that you and I put in our truck, if it had been around for fifteen years and we found a ten year old bottle that was still sealed, you know, inside of our building, would we put it in the truck? And I would say yes. And, I, and, I would put it in my truck. And I and I'll I'll even I'll polish that a little bit more. Everything's backwards compatible. Yeah. When you got a you got a zero twenty synthetic on this today, yes. it's backward compatible to every synthetic everywhere down the line. Every oil is backward compatible. And so we'll get past that. Uh let's go to Kip. Kip, you're next. How can I help you? Hi, I have a 1955 Austin Healey BN1, and I'm having trouble getting um, brakes uh, shoes that are relined. Uh, I can't get them from any of the normal suppliers anymore. The early models have an, a different size than the later models. It splits in the middle of 1955. <clears throat> Is there any place in Phoenix where I can take my shoes, have the... Uh, what's left of this lining unbonded and something new bonded onto them? 
I don't know the answer to that. You're asking me a question I've yeah. never heard before. But but uh, uh, I think I'm here, here's what I want you to do. I'm willing to help you. Okay, so I want you, I want you to write down my email address, Mark at MarkSalem.com. Mark with a K at MarkSalem, Salem like the cigarette.com. And I will call a couple of old-time guys here in the Valley and find out if any of these clutch guys or any of their, anybody can put new shoes on yours. The second thing I want you to do is I want you to send me the specifics of the cars because we have a parts department that Jeff and Sean... They can find hubcaps for Jesus Christ Hurst, okay? <laughs> These guys can find stuff that nobody else can find, but I need all the data on your car. Maybe even some pictures. And even some pictures, and we will do our best to see if we can find a pair of shoes for you. Because I can promise you, if that car was sitting on my rack right here and it was tying up my rack, Jeff would find us some shoes for it. I promise <laughs> you that. I promise you. <laughs> but we will help you, Mark, at MarkSalem.com. And this is because it's a 55. I mean, this car, I was one year old when this car was made. <laughs> I, yeah. I, this is a long time ago. I have ago. no idea even what the car looks like. But, Kip, I'll help you. If you'll let me help you, just give me all the information. Give me all. Give me the VIN number, and, and you can leave off the last three or he four said, digits. He said, Eddie just texted me as we're sitting here, and yeah. he said, maybe Arizona brake and clutch. Okay, f- good. I don't know who that is, but... I d- I, d- I do know them, okay. and I was in my mind, but I didn't want to. Arizona Breaking Clutch might be somebody you want to talk to. Arizona Breaking yeah, Clutch. I've dealt with them in the past. Okay. okay. But, but if you want us to try, I'm happy to have our parts department spend 15, 20, 30 minutes making some calls and seeing if they can find shoes for you. And if you get the shoes, I'll. if you promise never to tell anybody this again, I'll give them to you at what we paid for them. Okay. I, don't, I don't do that very often, but I understand the dilemma you're in. Okay? All right. Thank I got to run, much. Kip. Thank you very much. Jim, you stay there because you're next. We'll be back in a minute. Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa. Tune in. iHeart and Odyssey.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7. What is really going on in the real estate market? This is a question we get almost every day. This is Phil and Josh, hosts of Arizona Real Estate Matters, which airs every Sunday from 2 to 3 right here on 960 The Patriot. This isn't some one-hour real estate infomercial. Arizona Real Estate Matters covers what is happening today in our real estate market. We discuss the current and ever-changing real estate facts and statistics that affect the largest purchase that you'll probably ever make. So for the most up-to-date real estate information affecting the real estate market today, tune in to Arizona Real Estate Matters every Sunday from 2 to 3 right here on 960 The Patriot. I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean when it happened. There was a sudden jolt and our submarine crashed on the seafloor. We were in total darkness. That's Dr. Dejana Figueroa, a marine biologist and STEM teacher, talking about a deep sea dive she'll never forget. It's funny. When I was a kid, I was afraid of the ocean. And there I was, two miles below the surface. But as a scientist, you prepare for that. Using our training and a little creativity, we fixed the sub and finished our experiments. The dive was just too important. Every dive gives us glimpses at things few people ever get to see. Blowing creatures, fiery undersea volcanoes. When we got back to the surface, I kissed the ground and called my mom, of course. But you know what? I wouldn't trade that dive for anything. Dr. Figueroa uses her passion for STEM to discover new things and make the world a better place. She can STEM, so can you. Check out She Can STEM for more stories and inspiration. A message from the Ad Council. I fish. 
I also clean local waterways so others can fish and swim. I help build public boat ramps for easy access to the water. I provide fishing and water safety education for kids. I maintain a healthy fish population so tomorrow's anglers can enjoy a catch. I prevent unwanted species from spreading into waters where they don't belong. I restore the condition of rivers to help fish and wildlife thrive. I fund long-term plans to protect our lakes and streams. I do all of these things and more, all because I buy a fishing license. When you buy a fishing license, you do a lot. In fact, every dollar from a license purchase protects and maintains your local waterways for future generations to enjoy. To learn more about how you can get your fishing license, go to TakeMeFishing.org. That's TakeMeFishing.org. Every day, men and women from communities across this nation serve as reserve citizen airmen. I am proud to defend our nation. Proud to be part of a team that helps make a difference. I am proud to be part of something larger than me and to serve my country. We celebrate those who have served and those who are proudly serving in the Air Force Reserve. Our mission is to fly, fight, and win in air, space, and cyberspace. And I am proud to be a member. I am proud to protect our Proud to serve in the U.S. Air Force Reserve. To some, a baby's babbling doesn't mean much, but it does, especially if there's no babbling at all. Little to no babbling by 12 months or later is just one of the possible signs of autism in children. Learn more at AutismSpeaks.org. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Well, welcome back, everybody. It's uh, 44 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. Let me tell you real quick about a couple of shops. You got Kurtz at I-17 and Bell. Kurtz has been around a long time. I know Kurtz really, really well. They run a really good shop. They're not in that upsell, sell you everything in the world, bring you in for a cheap oil change and then to tell you that you're due for $4,000 worth of work. That's just not them. But they are great diagnosticians. They're a great family operation. I-17 and Bell, northeast corner. On the other side of town, Auto Dynamics is in Sun City. People say to me, in Sun City or in Fountain Hills or in Tempe, give me the name of a good shop. Well, if you're in the, in the Sun City area, Automotive Dynamics is the shop I'm going to send you to. I know Chuck, and I've known him since 1968. We've been friends for a long time. And you get to know your friends, and you know that Chuck is knows right from wrong. So if you're in the Sun City area and you don't have a repair shop, may I suggest that you go in for an oil change or a tie rotation or something simple and see how you're treated at Auto Dynamics. Jim, thank you for holding. How can I help you? Hey, Mark. I uh, appreciate taking my call. Um, my daughter has a 2001 Toyota uh, Corolla LE, little four-door second owner, and it had a, an aftermarket alarm system in it for years. Her mother had the car, and about two months ago, I had it removed at a shop. They gave me the alarm and all the components, uh, charged me two hours of labor, and the car ran fine. About three weeks ago, I went out to start it, and it turns over like crazy, but there's either there's no it doesn't want to catch it just turns over and turns over and turns over. Okay. Could a fuel pump just completely go bad or what? Any idea what could cause a car running normally to just stop? Yeah, something it's, they did all the it, time. Yeah, it, this is something that that we deal with two three times a day, and and it's real simple. Um, it's one of three things. It's the lack of spark. So it could be mm-hmm. a crankshaft sensor, a camshaft sensor. It can be an ignition module. It can be the lack of fuel, which is a fuel pump or a fuel filter mm-hmm. or a fuel pressure regulator, or it can have a plastic or a rubber timing belt on it, and we blew the timing belt off of it, 
and it cranks over, but it's not synchronized anymore. So it's either going to be spark, mm-hmm. fuel, or timing. And you won't know if it's related to the alarm or not take off and, 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 and do away with it until you figure it out. But to be perfectly honest with you, this is just a no big deal. Your car might as well be a Fred Flintstone car to us because it's, <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to me derogatory. No. It's just no, that, no. Te- that technology, technology yeah. is, is just so simple. So if you wanted to do it, this is what you would do. You'd go out there and you'd take some, do you have a propane tank in your garage? I don't. Okay, well, go get a can of carb spray. Take the air cleaner off okay. and go go about yeah. four seconds right down the throat of the carburetor or the air intake. Mm-hmm. Then hit the air key, and if, it's, if it fires up and runs for a second and dies, then we got a fuel delivery problem. Uh, on the other hand, okay. this is, are you married? Uh, no, have been a few times, oh. but no, not okay. now. Well, get one of your neighbors to come over and pull a spark plug wire off and stick a screwdriver in the spark plug wire and have him hold on to the screwdriver and put his hand on the fender. Then you just tap the key, and if he uses bad words, then you have spark. Yeah. <laughs> it's likely it's likely not related to the alarm system. If we remove an alarm okay. system, it's going. if it's not going to start, it's not going to start right then. Right then. I agree with you. Yeah, right. it, 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 it typically won't last you know, a yeah. uh, couple weeks or whatever uh, it was. Another thing on the old old Corolla is is that um, sometimes what will happen is is you can take the oil cap off and you can look inside and look at the camshaft rotate when it's cranking. And if the belt's mm-hmm. off of it, the crankshaft, the crank, the cranking of the starters will be nice and smooth, but the camshaft will move in spurts because the teeth uh, are, are all chewed off the timing belt. I, I'm thinking that that's... It, that's possible, but it's probably not likely because it sounds like it was sitting. It was parked there. A time belt typically wouldn't break while it was sitting, so it's probably a spark or a fuel issue. You're right. You're right. You're right. It, okay. And real, I, real, real, go ahead. I was going to say real quickly, I've got an appointment uh, Tuesday, and they're going to charge me you know, one-hour uh, labor to, to, to find out what it is, which is fine. Um, they should be able to find that what's wrong with it in an hour, correct? No question. Soon. Well, I would I would okay. think so, but I, I don't like the idea. See, we're not allowed to use that kind of vernacular. One hour doesn't okay. mean anything because what's their labor rate? Is it 90 or 160? 125. Okay. So that's what's important is that 125. Right. And then it's also important that most all of us are going to overbid a diagnosis. Okay. But there's a lot of us old gold gray-haired guys that recognize the benefit of coming in under there to be a hero. You know what sure. I mean? You leave a little money yeah. on the table, and people notice that. And so mm-hmm. there's a lot of us old guys that overbid stuff only to come in under so that we can just say, hey, we left some money on the table. Because when two, you know, two years later the dad gets mad at us and said, you guys been ripping us off, I pull up things and I go, wait a minute, just dun, 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 yeah. and I'm adding up. And I go, you know what? Between the estimates and the total amount, I've left $217.25 on the table, and you're saying I rip you off? Right. And that's that's kind of how it is. But I think Alan's right. I don't think you're going to have a problem with with uh, it's going to be sparker fuel, and, and 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 it's not likely to be the timing belt. But Alan, it's an O one. Yeah. And yeah. God mm-hmm. knows when the last time it had a belt on it. Yeah. So anyway, that's where we go. Okay. All right. You guys are the best. Thanks. Right. Thank, Thank you, you, Jim. Thank you. In our shop and many other shops in the valley, of friends of mine, it's a sin to be a penny over the estimate. Yeah. We we know the difference. So we take the hard parts and the labor, 
and then we take 10% sales tax and shop supplies and environmental service, and then we'll add 10 20 $30 to that estimate because we don't want to call you back for a cent of wiper blades. We don't want to call you back because we need another gasket or we need a new oil cap. We don't want to call you back. So we just overestimate it by $20, $30, and $40, and then at the end of the day, you come in, and we're cheaper than we told you, and you feel good, and we're fine with that too. Most of us old gray-haired guys do that. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a nice way to treat your customers, but it also turns around. So if the customer, like the example I just gave, I had one not too long ago. I said to him, in, in the last two years, I've left more than $200 on the table between what you okayed and what the bill was really at. So you can't say I'm ripping you off or I would have scooped that $200 up. But he got a little crappy with me and I said, you know what, you need to find a new garage anyway because I'm kind of done with you. Yep. So anyway, 602-508-0960. We've got a few minutes left in the show. We've got about seven minutes. So if you want to give us a call, you can get in right now. There's nobody on the line. 602-508-0960. One of the things that, that you want to be careful of, both ladies and gentlemen, is who you talk about in front of the shop. So if you say my dad in Vermont said he wants you to do this, that raises a real red flag problem because if dad in Vermont, if the test that he wants us to run comes out and it doesn't tell us anything or it perhaps doesn't identify the problem, then he's going to say we didn't do it right and we're going to be in a pickle. So the diagnostic process should be the shop's diagnostic process, and it's okay for you to ask about that. But I think today we've talked about that how many times. you got a car that cranks over but doesn't catch, doesn't start. Well, that's almost always a, a, it's fuel or spark, and so we're missing fuel and spark, or in an extended way uh, it could be a timing belt yep. or a timing chain. Yep. And so those are the kinds of things. And the diagnostic part of that is typically not most everybody's going to use a one hour, one twenty-five to one fifty-five, one sixty dollars, hundred sixty dollars an hour as a diagnostic thing. But most of us don't eat all that up. Most of us will be able to figure it out, and we're being fair and faithful to our customers and say, hey, it was only a 42-minute <clears throat> or a 40-minute or whatever, whatever. So there are times that uh, that the shop is, and that's the name of a shop. If you go in five times and they tell you it's going to be X amount of dollars, and every time you go in, the diagnostic charge is there, that that would be something that if my shop did that, I'd be very unhappy be very, very unhappy because that's just not the way um, the odds are going to play out. <laughs> you're going to lose your butt on a couple of diagnostics, but you're going to gain on the others, and, and you might as well just leave that table on the ground or leave that money on the table. Uh, okay, who's next? Uh, say hello to Scott. Scott, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Good. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, hey, I, I've got a 2004 Buick Century that uh, I've got the, a code for the O2 sensor after the uh, the catalytic converter. And what my question is, do you know of a shop on the west side of town that can diagnose that for me? Um, yes. Yeah. Um, 38th Avenue and Indian School, 25th Street and, no, 35th Avenue, 38th Avenue and Indian School, or okay. 25th and, uh, where's Billy? Uh, 20, it's 25th and Indian School. So 25th Street and Indian School and 38th and Indian School. There's two shops, 25th Street Auto and Harker's. Okay. I live on 303 and Camelback. So S&S Tire and Avondale, evidently, they're no longer one of your shops, I take it. 
the the family we we all grew up together but yes SNS just sold their facilities okay. um, and their tire stops and stuff so they're no longer on our list because we don't take chains I got so you. um let me look uh, yeah Harkers um 25th Street. That's the furthest west we have, though. That's right. Yeah. The 38th Avenue is the furthest west we okay. have. Um, uh, I'm 303 sorry. and what? Camelback. Oh, pretty far south. Yeah. You're gonna... I'm way out here on the west side. So. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Um, t- isn't there a, a Fletcher's? Remember Tom Fletcher? I mean, he's still around. I don't know. He had a shop out there on the west side in Surprise. Um but he's not there anymore, and he sold it. So he's not on the list either. But if he was still running it, then he, I'd send it to you whether he's on the list or not because he's a good guy. But but now the other thing you can do, it, this is an easy way if you want to try this, Scott. Call up a couple of auto parts or stop by and find the gray-haired grizzly guy and just say to him, give me the name of a shop that pays their bills, that doesn't order a part, try it, it doesn't work, and they return it. All right, okay. and they 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 call and they order the specific part, and then they never return it. Means their diagnosis was correct. So tell me the name of a shop, uh, a couple of the shops that do all of that. And those guys, those grizzly guys at the parts counter, they can tell you who the shops are that that uh, pay their bills, that don't guess with the parts because that happens a lot, and it happens more to the retail auto parts stores where somebody will. Say it's a mass airflow sensor, and then they'll bring it back and say it's defective. I just want my money back. Well, what they're saying is, is I tried it and it didn't make my car start, but I got to come up, have, come up with a reason why you got to give me my money back. <laughs> right, right. That makes yeah. sense. That makes sense. So, okay. but yes, anyway, sir, thank you. Thank okay. you so much for your time. You're welcome. Good enough, Scott. And you know the O2 sensor, that's not that hard. You make it run rich and you see the O2 sensor better have a high number. You make it run lean, you open up a vacuum line and see what it is. But it's also, he said, it's post cat. Yeah, and, and I was actually going to ask him, we were just out of time, but I was going to ask him what the exact definition is, because we're seeing a lot now of uh, efficiency, which okay. is usually a bad cat. And, and But this is an 04. This is an 04 Buick. I'm not quite sure that we go back to where we're really going to have an efficiency code. Oh, yeah, probably and, not. And, and, and yeah. an 04 that's it's almost, probably almost be 18 lean. years old. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be a richer yeah. lean. So the catalytic converter, what goes into the catalytic converter is laden with extra fuel hydrocarbons. And what comes out the back should be dramatically less because the catalytic converter is like a giant furnace. It's red hot inside. So as the fuel comes into the catalytic converter, we consume it and we turn it into carbon dioxide and water. And so as so where the efficiency of the of the catalytic converter is what did it go what's the number of what it went in and what's the number when it came out and under the best of conditions we're going to see um, CO and hydrocarbons go away uh, they're going to both drop as it goes through the catalytic converter and the NOx as well. So anyway, mark at marksalem.com is my email address if you have a question you're welcome to send me an email. And I'll, if you'll give me a phone number, I'll call you, and it'll be from a blocked line, and I'll tell you that it's I'm it's Mark Salem. I'm returning your call and asking your car questions so that you don't hang up on me. Anyway, that's the easiest way for me to do it, and a lot of times you're just not going to give me the information I need, so I'm going to ask you. Alan, thanks for spending your Saturday here with me. Yep. I appreciate it. Happy uh, anniversary, by the way. Oh, 48 yeah. years. With you. Seriously? Who's that? Who, is, who are you oh wishing an anniversary to? We have a big week this week. <laughs> Smartest guy I know had a birthday. And then 
<laughs> mom and you guys' anniversary, so happy anniversary. Yeah, yeah, 48 years. I don't know what that says about her uh, her knowing right from wrong, but then again, <laughs> it's 48 years. Anyway, mark at marksalem.com, and then our, our website is obviously marksalem.com. It's got plenty of FAQs there that have been asked and answered a thousand times, so you're always welcome to go there as well, and that's marksalem.com. We'll see you next Saturday. Wear your seatbelt, drive safely. God bless you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.